the main thing that drove me to quit my job when I did was like realizing this pattern of this is the wall I keep hitting and it is not sustainable. And everything that I've decided to change as a result of that realization has kind of worked for now. Welcome back. We're not for everyone. I'm Jess. I'm the lover. That's Caroline. She's the hater. What's good? Hating baby cheeks. Everything's <laughs> pretty good. Wow, that was cool. <laughs> She's hating baby cheeks. That is my Christian name. Yeah, it's my government name. <laughs> is it your confirmation name? <laughs> my, confirmation. <laughs> my confirmation name is Luke, actually. I took a man's name. That's so cool of you. Whoa, she was woke before we even had a word for it. Wow, that's so true. I feel like I'm like po- <laughs> I'm post woke or pre woke or something. You're pre woke. Whatever, whatever, whatever makes me better than people, I guess. You're woke BC before Christ, <laughs> after Christ, <laughs> after death, whatever it is. Yeah, after death. Um, my confirmation name was Therese. Saint Teresa, <laughs> I guess goes by Teresa and Therese. I don't know. It's like the same saint. Yeah. But I was really insistent that it was Therese. Therese. And I needed to be that version of yeah. it. <laughs> You're like, I want to I put a little sparkle in. To be French. Oh, French. Okay, okay. I don't really know why, but I assume it had something to do with that. Anyway. What was, what's Therese's deal? She was like the patron saint of, I feel like it was like kids or something, which is a crazy thing. Now that I know myself at age 32. (laughs) Yeah. It was something like a caretaker kids, which I mean, I guess I I am quite caretaking, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's something to do with that. That's nice. It's a nice sentiment. What's Luke? Luke? I think he's a patron saint of medicine, maybe. Oh, that tracks. I don't know. I was just like, I I like that. I'm not, I'm not, I like that saint. I like that. Yeah. He seems nice. Your dad's a doctor. Dad's you a doctor. Like your brother. Brother's His a Luke. name is Luke. Yeah, I think yeah. I was just like, let's just keep it in the family. You're like, I just want to be one of the men in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I adore. Um, tell me stuff. Okay. Tell me my my brain's empty, but yours doesn't look like it is. <laughs> oh, very deceiving. It's empty. Don't worry. It's always empty. But I can still tell you something. This is something that's like annoying, but also hilarious. Are you in the market for that? A hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> Okay, recently I had to, um, a good friend of ours is pregnant, and you know the one, and I was going to buy her a diaper backpack. Mm. She needs a diaper backpack for when the baby comes. And so I was searching for like very specific item, pregnancy items I'm not usually searching for, and ended up on this um, shop, like this site website that I'd never been on before. It was like the first time I'd hit this brand, whatever they sell, diaper, baby bags, whatever. Very specifically have like never heard or seen of this brand before. Mm-hmm. Found a diaper bag, you know, bought it, ordered it, checked out, it's on the way, carry on to live my life. And then I go like sit down on the couch and I turn on YouTube and the very first ad that you get is, is the, is this brand that like, you know, I'm going to go off. I've never I've never seen it before. Like, obviously, we all know, like, you know, all the accounts and cookies and whatever is linked and they know where you're shopping. But that 
but that experience but that experience (laughs) is so funny to me like forget the like listening to you and watching you all over the place like I was shopping on my phone it comes up on my computer okay it's not that many leaps to get there with the data but it's such a in a way it's such a funny moment to me because it's like to me that moment it, it it the equivalent in person feels like I just went to the mall and like I bought a diaper bag and I went to the cash register and I paid for the diaper bag and I'm walking to my car and someone like runs up to me at the car and is like, hey, do you need a diaper bag? <laughs> and I'm like, it's exactly that. Oh, I did like 35 <laughs> seconds ago. I actually just got one. They're like, a diaper bag? You want a diaper bag? I can give you a diaper bag. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're you you started out the research well like yes that was a need but you like didn't complete your research i got the, the i got circuit. the diaper i actually you actually this is such wasted advertising dollars i just right got out of the market for this thing i'm done now i actually got it and they're like a diaper bag do you think you want one i have one bitch i just bought it i was just inside with you i just it's, bought one it's been happening so much more. I mean, this has been happening for years. Obviously, we're all familiar with it. But I feel like lately I've been noticing it way more. Maybe around the holidays, there's a lot of like, you know, advertising, advertising dollars pushed. Yeah. So that people buy more things. And it's so funny when it's something that you're like, yeah, I know. I, I just know. bought it. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if part of it is like a psychological thing where they're trying to show you they think you're an idiot and that you don't realize that the only reason that's showing up is because they have your data and they might catch a person who wants to see that advertised on their Instagram to confirm that they made a good purchase. You know oh, what I mean? Like, what? oh, look, it's a thing that people look, there's a review. This this ad came up with like five star ratings and a review. I did a good job. I don't know. That's the only argument I can make for it. You think they're spending advertising dollars just to make people feel good about what they already <laughs> bought? I don't know about that one, Jess. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Now that, now that you repeat it back in that way. <laughs> I, oh, it makes me so mad. And wouldn't you think that they'd be able to close that loop of like- They can. Knowing that you bought it? Because they have, I mean, it's it's like the data is there. There's abandoned checkout alerts and stuff, you know, like if you put something in your cart and then you abandon your cart- you're very likely to get an email saying you get 20%, 20% off. You know, it's like a little hack you can do. Just like abandon your cart with having put in your email and they'll probably yeah. give you a discount to push you to buy it. So the data is there. The tracking is usually there. But I don't know. You know, it's probably not incorporated into whatever is pulling all, right. what, you know, whatever, who the fuck, whatever the stuff is. But it is funny to me that they're like, hey, we're doing a pretty good job of knowing what you want. And I'm like, yeah, like a pretty good job, but like not a great job. <laughs> not, not like an amazing job. You actually missed a key part, which is that I very specifically no longer need this. The part of of all of this that I find the freakiest, and I can understand it in a way from a data perspective, but like how good it's getting is crazy to me. Yeah. Is that there will often be something that I haven't typed into Google. I haven't mm-hmm. typed in a text message. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked up. I haven't said out loud. Uh, so whether, you know, people always say like, oh, my phone's listening to me. That I haven't is even fucking said true. it. And I haven't even typed it. It just exists in my head. Yeah. I just had a thought of like, <laughs> oh, I, I, sh- I, maybe I should look into this thing. Okay. Anyway, I'm busy. Need to go about my day. Do nothing about that thought. And later that night I get an ad for it. And I know that they can't read my mind. Oh, actually, I don't know that they can't read my mind. And that's yeah. what freaks me out. Yeah, we don't know. But um, 
I find it interesting how good their data on like who I am, what my demographics are, the types of needs I might have, you know, like all of that converging and then the timing of it being so perfect. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. It makes me yeah. not want to buy the thing, though. I'm like, oh, now that you figured me out, I don't even want it. Fuck oh, you. that's funny. <laughs> Little defiant teenager in you. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a topic that gets people fiery. It doesn't get me that fiery, though, because I kind of feel like. I don't know, like if I if you show like me something, helping. if you show me something that I and I'm like, oh, I do really want that, then I'm then I'm happy to have it. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm torn about it because I'm such a consumer. I'm not I love as much. Okay, so I'm not <laughs> as much of a consumer. I say I would say I spend too much money on clothes for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm always buying new clothes. Like, <laughs> but that's really that's the main thing I'm burning money on. Yeah. And for me, it's always I caught myself in this moment like this week where I bought <laughs> I bought these cardigans. I bought these. I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing you one to- of my You've cardigans. already told me about these cardigans. <laughs> I, oh I bought these cardigans and I was so excited for these cardigans to arrive. They were like kind of expensive. And I realized, OK, I built it up in my head. I'm like check- checking the tracking to see where the package is. <laughs> and once the cardigans arrived, I like opened the box and like, oh, what do you know? They're just fucking cardigans. And I was putting them on. And I'm like, okay, well, they like fit and they're like a pretty color and like, you're still just a cardigan. And I, and I caught myself in this moment where I was like, I really thought this was going to change my life. Like that. And I, and yeah. I actually think that's like most of the mindset we're in when we buy things is like, if I get this one cardigan that looks like mm-hmm. all my other cardigans, I'm going to be, I'm going to finally be able to be the person I always hoped I could be. I will become the type of person that wears an expensive cardigan from this store. And to me, that means I have my shit together. Yeah. I look cute all the time. Yeah. No matter where, even to just to the grocery store, I look great. Like this, that, the other, whatever your perceptions are about that. The person that buys that cardigan oh, totally. Like, they got me. They really got me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My life has ma- ma- remained pretty much the same, I'm going to say, in the last couple of days since I've been wearing these cardigans. But it, it was a ridiculous <laughs> moment of, like, opening up the box and being like, oh, yeah, it's just a... I guess I knew it was a cardigan, but it, it truly is just a cardigan. Yeah. I have really... um like reduced my spending on clothing I used to be exactly the same way I my biggest expense in a month other than rent and things like that was my was clothing yeah and I have this full closet of so many clothes and I never wear any of them and I keep buying more and that was the pattern yeah and I've mentioned this but I've started using that rental service newly yeah and just spending 98 bucks on clothes a month basically and I am flushed with cash like I literally (laughs) am feeling rich I look at my bank account and I'm like oh oh she she can like take herself out like she could plan a trip like it is insane I've also reduced um like buying coffee out and things like that Mm -hmm. and it is insane how much money I've been saving but that being said you always find something else to spend on like as soon as I started (sighs) saving on clothing I was like you know what I should do redesign my whole bedroom and I just like have gone on a spree of like buying prints and buying a new headboard and doing this and doing that so what's that saying it's like I I still think I'm like net 
saving, but it's I like to spend. It feels I good. Know. It's retail therapy. Uh, it's retail what do they say? Like your your um your expenses will expand to meet your means basically which i think applies to a lot of things i don't know if that's like a saying or if that's something my dad would just like whisper at me late at Mm. night but (laughs) (laughs) that's a classic tom winkler but but it's true i feel like i have lived off of for most of my adult life on my own income lived off an income where like $198 on clothes a month? Fucking no way. I was pocketing toilet paper from the restaurants I worked at because it was too much to buy toilet paper, like a need. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I don't know, at some point I was talking to like my accountant and we're talking about savings and emergency fund and whatever and this and that. She's like, well, how, you know, how much can you actually live off of? It's like, I feel like I can live off a negative amount of money. I did that for so long. Um, But then having money, I will immediately find ways to spend it. Yeah. Yeah. Your expenses will meet your means. That is really accurate. I was, I recently got like a survey from my college asking about, because I guess it's been 10 years since graduation. So they were asking about. Like, are you rich yet? um, Basically. They were like, what was your first job out of college? How much did you make? What was your job five years out? What, how much did you make? What's your job now? How much do you make? And I've not really like thought that much about that and put it down on paper before but seeing that expansion was just a crazy reminder of how little I can live off of and I was having a blast when I was 22 right out of college first Mm. job making making nothing um I was still like having a good life all things considered my basic needs were taken care of and more and it's crazy that like still to this day I'm spending it. I somebody wrote us. Somebody wrote us a, a hot take submission that I was saw like this one. I love this one. It was like it was actually written really funny, and I think I have it saved. Hold on. <laughs> they said hot take on investing in parentheses stocks? Question mark. Are you doing it? Is everyone doing it? And no one was talking about it. I find investing pretty sexy, but maybe I'm lame. <laughs> um, I thought that was funny. I mean, I I can give no advice in this category, but I will just say that the only thing that enables me to save is like automating money into investment accounts. It's and gone. Like, it's not my money anymore. It's not I my don't money. even see it. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't you know, I can't advise you on how to invest. I do think it's a smart thing to do. But like, can I say more than that? No. But for me, it's like a savings tactic because there's. Yeah. I don't know. There's like retirement accounts, but there's also like shorter term investing. Like if you want to buy a house or if you want to just save yearly for trips or whatever your goals are. Um, yeah, that's the only way I can save money. And then I literally spend the find yeah. things to spend the rest on. <laughs> I think that is the only way for me to counter what I do think is a pretty universal tendency of like your expenses rising to meet your means is that I have to trick myself into thinking my means are way less like take this huge piece of the pie and put it away and I don't ever want to see it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did get I got a financial advisor this year which I I guess I kind of felt like I don't I don't know. I'm not a great person to ask about this, but um I was like finally making money where that felt like I even had money to put aside as opposed to yeah. like not knowing if I was going to be able to pay my rent whatever. And so that has been helpful. I think you can probably get, they usually take like a percentage of what you invest, like 1% or something like that. 
Um, yeah. So that's something to look into. I don't know. But Do you meet basically, with them? yeah. In the beginning, we like were regularly? meeting. Um, in the beginning, we were to like talk about goals. There were a bunch of meetings, goals, and status quo, and cleaning up. Um, I don't know, tax things and getting a new accountant and stuff like that. But ne- it's not a regular meeting now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that that was kind of the solution to me because I was like, I'm not the person who's going to educate myself on this. I want to pay someone. I would rather give a little bit of money to someone to that I trust to make the decisions than me ever have to learn anything about it. I refuse to learn. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying to know less. I'm trying to unburden myself of knowledge. In that way, maybe investing, doing it is probably sexy, but talking about it and knowing anything about it, no thank you. (laughs) Just that person's message about it being sexy. I was like, I was like, be careful. Don't fall for those investing investment bros. It's not, it's not going to work out nicely. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, don't date a finance bro. (laughs) Don't date a finance bro. But it it is a thing where I'm like all those stupid classes we had in high school, like pretty much everything, every single one of them was stupid to me. And like not one class on doing your taxes or like long term finances or like how to, how to have a marriage or like there's just so many classes <laughs> that that we all missed. We read and reread and reread The Sound and the Fury by William Faulkner <laughs> and wrote multiple essays and papers on it. So that's good. Like that definitely prepared me for stuff. Uh, yeah. And I liked it. I mean, don't get me wrong. That was that was a highlight of high school for me. But um, yeah, it's it's insane how like financial literacy is such a. Just a, a gap for so many people and nobody talks about it, like nobody talks about how much they make with each other. I think that's changing a little bit. Just like mm, I'll just ask people. And if you don't want to tell me, you don't have to tell me. But I just ask. Yeah. Just like tell me. I feel like. If someone asks me, I tell them, you know, like, yeah, that's how I feel. If you ask me, I'll tell you. But I think everyone's afraid to ask. Yeah, it was one of those taboo topics, like asking someone's weight or asking an older person's age or something like that. Like, it literally is one of those things. How much do you make? Just tell me. But it's the only way for all of us to do better. I feel (laughs) like the way that I that I see most people gaining any kind of financial literacy is that it's in their family culture. Um, It's like their parents value it or talk about it or help them set goals that maybe even leads them into thinking about it. And so in my family, that was very, very absent. Um, Mm. And I don't know, I think there's probably like more chat about it on like the dude's golf course and shit like that. I don't know why it's still so gendered, but it it kind of feels like it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, Just because of I think it probably just ties a lot to um gender like gender norms and gender roles of you know men being the breadwinners yeah women not having to worry about that as much obviously that has changed but the culture of actually talking about it right hasn't caught up and that's why there is such a movement like women tell each other how much you make women um you know like fight for the raise fight for the promotion apply for the job even if you don't meet all of the requisites that are on the thing you know yeah one of the most important things, I don't know. I don't know what the stat was. I'll make up a number. It doesn't fucking matter. But the statistics of like the average guy will apply to a job if he meets like 20% yes. of the requirements. 
and a woman like the average woman will apply only if they meet a hundred percent of the requirements like just apply to the job apply to jobs you are completely unfit for if you have the time totally. to do it just do it i've done it and, and sometimes you get the job worst case scenario you're in the same position worst case scenario you don't get the job or you right. get to talk to somebody like there's there is no loss be applying for the jobs also those the job requirement lists that you see, those are a wish list. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever been the person leaving a position and putting and seeing and like creating that, putting, exactly. seeing that list they put together, it's so aspirational. Like, and it's often so mismatched to the actual position. Just apply, apply yeah. to jobs that you certainly should never have. Do it. Do it. You'll probably get them. Yeah. I mean, cosine 1000%. I think my parents told me that very early on and it was the best advice that they've ever given me and yeah. like something that to this day, every single job I've ever had, I did not meet all of the quote unquote requirements on the wish list, which it really is a wish list. And now in the position I'm in, I've even written job descriptions. And to be the person writing a job description and be like, well, I'm just going to write down these bullets. Like yeah. we kind of would like this <laughs> bullshit. We kind of would like this bullshit. Like it's just some person writing a list of bullets that like would be nice yeah to make their new job easier (laughs) right 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 well it would be great if they could actually do this piece of thing too so that I don't have to do it anymore exactly and even the piece that's like I think people get really hung up on like oh they want someone with over seven years of experience and I have six stop it girl stop it right now apply for the job if you have five apply for that job like truly that is It's all fake until they see your resume and they meet you and they decide, you know? Yeah. One of the most important things to me um, or that I thought about in interviews, I mean, kind of all the time, is that like people want to hire people they will enjoy working with every day for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like, and that means someone who's going to be competent at the work. Um, But it also means someone that you can spend like extensive amount of time sitting next to or in meetings with. And so when I was walking into a position where I knew like I wasn't the most experienced, I just tried really hard to be like the most enjoyable person um, because that's that's actually not a small factor. It's probably not going to go on the job requirement wish list. But at the root of it, like you're spending more time probably with your coworkers than you are with your family, with your friends, with your partner, and you want it to be someone you enjoy being around, um, that could go totally a long way. And then you learn the rest, you know. I also think like having a high EQ, emotional intelligence is like a underrated quality that I'm noticing more and more is emphasized in hiring and recruiting. Mm. And it's something that I've I've realized as I've grown through my career. I constantly get the feedback from employers that like my high EQ helps me in the job in this way, enables me to manage people in this way, enables me to manage up to leadership and communicate in this way. And at some point I got that feedback, which is great feedback and really flattering, but I got that feedback so many times that I was like, oh, I thought that this was just me being like a human, (laughs) but it actually sets me apart from a lot of other people who just show up and kind of like empty emptily do the job and yeah. don't show up for their coworkers, aren't a team player, aren't observant of the dynamics that are happening and how to navigate them in a savvy and smart way. Like if you have those types of skills, then finding a way to communicate that on your resume in an interview or just demonstrate it in the way you answer their questions, yeah. you think through a problem, 
like that goes a long way. That's so much more impressive than somebody that's like, yep, I've done all of these things before, you know, yeah. soft skills. Like for mm-hmm. me, um, one of the soft skills that I tried to emphasize a lot was like communication and actually being able to like dumb down, um, you know, when I was in like the tech world to be able to kind of be a go between between a product owner or a project manager and the developers. A lot of times the developers like could not relay the technical things, like couldn't see the forest through the trees. So being the person who could like bridge conversations that way when I wasn't the strongest coder, I wasn't some like genius hacker, um, but that was like something I could add to the development skills and understanding I did have. Yeah, because you can talk. You can talk. I can talk on those six different words and I can use them in all different voices. So, so many ways. Yeah, wow. so many ways. Wow. Wow, wow, wee wow. Whoa. I really like talking about that stuff, but it feels so boring. You know what I mean? Like, like the energy when talking about career advice is so like oh, really? serious, but I really like talking about it because I, I love feel like it. I have a lot to say. I feel like people ask those types of questions and need that type of guidance because you're right like if you're not getting it from parents or just like the culture in your family or mentors maybe you haven't found you know great bosses who turn into mentors for you or whatever it is like Mm -hmm. maybe your friends are in different lines of work so their opinion isn't as relevant I don't know I like talking about that stuff but I do too I don't find it boring I think it's hot I think it's hot it is hot we're boss babes Mm mm-hmm well, kind of adjacent to the career topic. I think about this a lot and I've arrived at an answer that I feel really confident in. And the question is, what would you do if you weren't doing this? Like weren't doing what you do now. And so what I do now is this podcast and I work in marketing at a digital health company. If I didn't do, I mean, ideally I'm just doing the podcast. Obviously we all know that. Okay. But if I like wasn't doing any of the above, I would be solving <laughs> the allergy crisis. <laughs> and I'm so fucking serious about that. I know you are. I have had allergies. I'm going to go off. Yay. I've had allergies my whole life. I hope there's someone out there who like feels seen. I have struggled with allergies my whole life. There's literally nothing they can do for you other than give you medication. There's no cure. There's nothing that can take it away. It's just like, take this pill every day or get these shots injected like on a regular basis or whatever it is. There's no cure. It makes every day hell. (laughs) It makes when I get sick, when I get a cold, it's 10 times worse because my, I already have like fucking stuff backed up in my nose from years of allergies like it's only worse if I get sick I've literally asked my doctor before to remove my sinuses and he was like yeah that's not a possible procedure I would commit my life I would do it while doing the podcast maybe this just replaces my day job like (laughs) I would like to cure the allergy crisis (laughs) the crisis what's the crisis is it like it's a crisis is it it particularly acute right now or has it just been like at a steady pace for a long time no it's been steady it's an unspoken pandemic (laughs) the people know people know i am not the only person keeping zyrtec in business i am not the only person taking zyrtec 24 7 every single day of the year 365 okay 365 (laughs) 365 crisis solutions 
This is Jessica Baking Company. Do you have allergies? Like, help me out. I do have allergies. Um, spring allergies, and they'll they're bad for a couple weeks a year. I have every season allergies. Really? That sucks. I have allergies no matter where I am. I'll find something. Like Ooh. my, it's terrible. Anyway, that what would terrible. you do if you weren't doing? <laughs> I also liked how you phrased it, how you weren't like, I'm going to be doing research towards finding a cure for, uh, you're like, I'm solving I'm be solving it. it. I'm solving it. I'll be solving when it. When people ask you what you do, I'm a solver. I'm a solver. <laughs> I'm solving I'm it. I'm 100% confident in my ability to solve almost any problem. On what if kind of I timeline? Do it, on what kind of timeline? I'll bring on the right people on my team to do it. Okay. Um, I don't want to be working past like... 55 so by then by then okay yeah wow that was arbitrary but that would be sick kind of a waste of your energy to be putting it towards this podcast when you could be doing that (laughs) for everybody it can be it can be improving my whole life and everybody's life um what would i do do you have an answer to that question would and you can't say like coding like going back to that you know something uh, something completely separate no i'll be dead in a ditch before i'm coding again um (laughs) I, this isn't, uh, I have to finesse it, but I don't know. I, I kind of considered this at a certain point. Um, I was so focused on acting, but I thought about something related to child psychology. I don't want to actually, I wouldn't want to be a, mm. ch- a child psychologist or anything. Cause I think that seems honestly too heavy and too yeah. much forever, but there's like, I don't know, maybe some like alternative thing or I don't know. I don't know. Would I you like solve it. it? Would I solve Maybe you'd it? Maybe solve it. Yeah, no more psychology for children. <laughs> Let's get rid of it. It's an issue. It's a They're crisis. They're all fine now. They're yeah. all good. I fixed them. Yeah, I think I'd probably be solving it. I would just kiss mm-hmm. one kid at a time until they were all happy. Don't report this podcast don't based report. on that sentence. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> no, a good kiss. It reminds me of Michael Scott's screen name, which is like Little Kid Lover 69 or something. <laughs> Was 69 the year he was born in or something? Probably. That's but, great. you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't, doesn't help. help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be the name of my clinic. It'd be Caroline <laughs> Loves Your Children. She loves them. Kisses galore. Kisses galore. <laughs> Kisses, galore. <laughs> Kisses galore infinity. <laughs> that's probably what I would be doing. But it would be a for-profit. Oh, please. Of course. Please, of course. Let me just. We've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it. Again, what are you, you going to say about needs charity? To be said. Yeah, let's drag charity right now. Do it. <laughs> Nonprofits are making a profit. Okay. Can I just say? But it goes back. I used to what work- does it go back to? Like, like pay salaries or what? Yeah, it pays the employees and whatever. But they're making some of them. I mean, not the not the ground level workers and things like that. They're making modest salaries, but the CEOs are making money of nonprofits. Have I like, talked before about how much I don't trust St. Jude's Children's Hospital? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's okay. the time that we talked about this. <laughs> okay. Carry on. And you were correct. Carry on. I'm correct. I'm fucking correct. You're correct. You're correct. Um, no, that was it. Oh, that reminds me. Okay. I'm all over the place. Bibbity bop. Bibbity bop. Um, Keep bopping. What does so we've you? talked about how we both don't really like museums and you've been dragged for that and i would like to bring it back up because i would like to be dragged again i would like i would like it very much um give me rug burn i went to atlanta this past weekend with my best friend kai we've never been there before it was kind of a random weekend trip we decided to do and it is the home of the coca-cola 
headquarters. <laughs> and they have an experience. It's a museum. I would call it's it an experience. It's a museum. It's a museum. You went to about the, the history of Coca-Cola. I went to the Coca-Cola museum alone. Kai didn't want to do it. I was like, no problem. This is still something that's a priority for me. I will go alone. <laughs> it's my favorite museum. I like museums now. <laughs> oh, wait. I just peed, I think, a little bit. Stop it. I made you laugh that hard? Yeah. Or are you, like, good? I don't know. Should I just sit in it or should I go change? <laughs> no, I think. What do you? Tell me what you need. I, I want to leave this in. I have to go find out what happened. Hold on. Hold on. Don't walk. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, I just spilled so much water. Oh, you spilled water. Okay. We can leave this in because she actually just spilled water. I'm going to stay on here. This is for the YouTube audience. What should I tell you guys about? Don't listen. Can you hear me? The only problem with the Coca-Cola experience was that it wasn't a Diet Coke experience solely, you know? Um, but I did drink a lot of Diet Coke while I was on site. I would say it's crisper than the average Diet Coke. Really good stuff they have going on there. A lot of innovation. There's lots of new flavors you can try there. Okay, I'm back. Thank God. This will be rude, I think. Oh, hell yeah. What we have to say about it. Yeah. Okay. So somebody sent in a hot Ugh. take. I can I say I already feel mad and I don't even know what it is. I can tell. Oh, um, I thought you were going to make fun of how I said hot take because no, I no, kind of no. did that. That was that was nice of you. Is this going to make me mad? Um, maybe. Okay. Yeah, you might be mad at the people they're describing here. Hot take on people who share ongoing emotional turmoil through their Instagram stories, redundantly. Who's the audience? It reminds me of the days when. We were all active on Facebook, yeah, like high school Facebook. Yeah. And the way that you wrote your status on Facebook was Jessica is or Caroline is. The is was always there. And you would have to like fill in the blank and people would just be like, so stressed right now. Yeah. Or like <laughs> or something cryptic, but like not that cryptic, like boys will just break your heart. It's like, okay. <laughs> or like wondering why everyone sucks. Yeah. Like <laughs> realizing you can't trust any of your friends. <laughs> yeah. But people kind of bring that energy on social media I fucking, still. Yeah, I hate it. Obviously, I hate it. I mean, it makes me like I feel bad in a way. If I tap into the side of myself that would have compassion for this person, I'm like, okay, they probably are lonely and don't have anywhere else to put these feelings but i feel like uh it's just so attention seeking too i don't know it's like i can't trust your motives if you're doing shit like this the most i want to see is put a moody song on your instagram story then i'll know that you're in a weird space and like i'll have but it'll leave something to be desired don't just be rambling about your personal life. What do you give me an writing example? Writing long messages. Is there an offender you can think of? I've definitely seen it. I can't even think of one. I think I mostly unfollow these people. Yeah, I at least would mute the stories. I can't think of an or offender. Even when somebody's like, and you guys know what's been going on with me, I'm like, how can you ever think anyone's ever following what's going on with you? Basically, like I, I have an entire channel about my life, and I assume nobody is paying attention because they're not. Like people are busy. We're not just thinking about like an Instagram story you post three weeks ago right i know i assume no that everyone just clicks through my stories really fast i just make them because i think they're funny 
more than anything. Yeah. That comes through. That comes through. (laughs) (laughs) I assume that the podcast is just like background noise to someone if they're listening at all. Like I literally assume that no one's nobody is no one's keeping up. Um, so it is a weird it is a weird thing. And then the thing, and I'm guilty of this, of course. But the thing where people are like, a lot of you have been asking. I know. I was just about to say that. Yeah. A lot of you have been wondering how I'm doing with the situation with my baby daddy. Nobody asked. (laughs) A lot of you guys have asked for this link. Nobody asked for that link. Although sometimes people actually do ask for that link. And then you feel weird. And then I'm like, I can't I can't say that somebody asked for it because it doesn't sound true. But um, that makes me laugh. Nobody asked for the link. Yeah. I usually will be like two people asked for this link. Because it is usually two people, and totally. I'll just own that. Yeah. So I think I was maybe watching The Bachelor or something like that, and I something clicked in my head where I noticed that people will often say, not just on The Bachelor, like in life too, they'll say like, yeah, we, a new couple. They'll be like, yeah, we... um we do want to have kids later on, but we really want to spend time together before then, like traveling. And the only thing they ever say is traveling. (laughs) Like I understand wanting to have like a chunk of time with your partner before you introduce kids into the picture and all that. I think that's great and whatever, but it's just so funny to me that the thing that literally every couple says is like, you know, we want to travel. And I just want to be like, you've been traveling hoes. Like, I haven't seen one picture of you that's traveling, so but that's just your little line that yeah. like that is that everyone says. I think it's so funny. Why why do we need a reason to want to have kids later? You know, yeah, because we got to travel. Yeah, and why is it travel? And are and is anyone actually doing it? I guess some some of them are. Some of them do be traveling. You know who's traveling is people who have little kids. <laughs> They're like, oh, we got these kids and we still want to travel. I don't know. It's just funny. To it me. is funny. Like, that's such a trend and something people say yeah a new couple that is funny i love that i love a just thought i don't have any additions because it was perfect i told you that it would be a short one give me another one these are the things i have okay i probably have another one. Oh, i do have another one okay these are more just thoughts that i wrote down that are decent but don't spur conversation <laughs> um, <laughs> this one might <laughs> i was reflecting the other day on like when i was 24 And I would say things maybe with regard to work or just life in general. I'd be like, I really want a new challenge. Like, I feel like there's I need to make a change. Like, I want a new challenge. And I was reflecting on being that type of person and how, like, I'll never say something like that again. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I In interviews, you say that type of thing. Like, yeah, the reason I'm looking for new jobs is... Because I really want a new challenge and it's like kind of bullshit. But I also feel like I'm such a self-improvement and like personal growth obsessed person that I genuinely meant that a lot of the times. And now I think a combination of just being tired and also feeling like I've arrived in a place where I'm really happy with everything that's on my plate. And like, I just want to dig into that. I don't want a new challenge at all. And I don't see myself ever saying that again. And I can't remember the girl that used to say that and mean it. But she existed. You know you what? Know? I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to say? What? I'm going to say she's still here. But she's oh. just the, the new challenge you seek is not in your day job. I mean, I feel like, you know, 
you have a podcast project now. And as soon as that stabilizes and feels like this is my prediction, I think as soon as the podcast feels like we got it on lock, it's taken off, we have our system, blah, blah, blah. I think you're going to be like, Caroline, I want a new challenge. Oh, I predict. But you'll be the first person I say it to. Which that's how I I am. That's how I am for sure. I've certainly never, never meant it. I don't even think I would go as far (laughs) to say that in a job interview. I certainly never meant it. I literally all the time I was like, how what is like a how could I rephrase that? I'm looking to coast. I'm looking to coast. In any day job I ever have, I'm looking to coast. I'm looking to do as little as possible and get get paid as much as possible. Do you have a position that suits that? Yeah, I would like to make money. I I guess I like, um, I am really attracted to this position because I like being able to buy my own food. How about that? Is that allowed? (laughs) Yeah. Definitely need the challenge elsewhere. I think at one point that was YouTube. And then there was a period where I was getting maybe like a year or so ago, year and a half ago, where I was getting like really overwhelmed with like YouTube had like taken off in this way. And it was a big new challenge. And there were so many new aspects to it. And I really just craved stability and coasting and a period of calm and a period of just like being in the flow, um, uh, having a routine, nothing new. And then I finally hit that. And I enjoyed that for like, a week and a half, like maybe nine days. And then I was like, I need a new challenge. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was going to last me for like months and it was like eight days. I guess part of me is like, it's not that I won't take on new challenges. It's just that I don't know if I'm at least right now, I think you're right. Like, okay, whatever. That girl's still here. (laughs) But, um, I feel like I'm not looking to invite those challenges yeah, because yeah, yeah. they just come anywhere anyway yeah, yeah yeah you know what i mean like i don't need to say i need a new challenge for there to be a new challenge next week like yeah. there's gonna be one <laughs> and it's one i'm happy to tackle at least if it has to do with the podcast and so yeah i, I guess that's part of it too it's just like yeah the challenges come whether you want them or not so enjoy the moments of coasting that's maybe funny. Is part of the takeaway i also think i didn't arrive at a point in my like corporate career where I was comfortable with coasting yeah, and like would gladly tell anyone right now that that's what my goal is in my day job. Yeah. Now you would. Um, Now I would, but that's new as of like the last two years. You earned that. First of all, you like earned yourself into a position where you can kind of say that it's hard to walk in as a new hire entry level position. be Like I'm here to coast. (laughs) That's true. But it was my goal when I walked into this job. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I, don't ever work hard i've been working late this whole week but, but also like why is feel... working hard a fucking virtue i i right i, I can i think it's like important to commit yourself to certain things if they're the things you want i don't think working hard just as like a f- is like a f- static forever virtue everywhere cutting corners is totally. my fucking virtue no yeah. why do i have to work hard work smarter, everything? Not harder says fucking who i'm tired i like napping no a hundred percent a friend of mine from an old job um, just reached out to me and was like, hey, I'd love to catch up and just pick your brain about like the year off that you took and kind of what you're doing now and how you pivoted from consulting into this job and whatever. So I talked to her, I think it was yesterday, and it was such a nice moment of reflection of like how much my vision of what I wanted from my year off really paid off. 
Mm. Like now that I'm two years later, um, like I really got what I was after, I guess, in terms of having things outside of work that fulfill me, having my work that provides a sense of stability, but I can like kind of coast and clock out at the end of the day. And then I was also talking to her about the fact that like I was so burnt out when I took my year off like when I decided to do it I was burnt out from like 10 years of working but also before that 15 years of schooling and whatever else and um it's interesting because I feel like I'm working more now like hours in the day spent on work maybe higher than it almost ever has been because I'm doing my day job I'm doing the podcast I'm doing some freelance work like I'm actually spending a lot of time each day working but I don't feel burnt out because it's like stuff that I want to be doing and I have the right level of investment in each thing Mm -hmm. like personal investment and I guess I'm just sharing that to say that like there's such a misconception about burnout that it has to do with hard work like you were talking about like hard work long hours people burn out and I actually don't think it has as much to do with that as it has to do with working on things that just like aren't giving you what you need, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. And yeah, I, I'm, I've been in a, in a zone of gratitude Aww. recently. Like we hit a year on the podcast and we're making some big moves in the background and um, I'm doing well at my job and it's kind of like working well for the balance is working pretty decently for me. And I've been really reflecting on like how far I've come, I guess, and how much this is what I wanted. And now I'm here and yeah, I'm just having one of those times. Yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. You've earned it. You've made hard decisions and uncomfortable and risky decisions um, that sacrificed security at times um and certainty at times in order to yeah earn your way to something more fulfilling i think it's really hard and there's a reason most people are really afraid to do it um if it was Mm. easier if it was obviously easier everyone would do it but yeah it takes some leaps i think for me burnout has historically been correlated a lot to um how much i'm wearing a mask um and Mm. that could be like in my day job where in my tech job, I liked the people. The work wasn't terrible, um, but it was this place where I felt like I was able to bring none of myself. I didn't feel like there was a place for my humor, my skills, my talents, my interests. Like not not just talking about personality, but also personality and all these other things, like the things I was actually good at. There was just like no room for me there. And to put this mask on so many hours of the day, I every night it's what I dreaded. And every morning, the first thing in the morning was dread that, you know, got to that point. And I actually, I have hit that point before with YouTube kind of recently, a couple months ago, I think I talked a bit about how much I was hating being on camera Mm -hmm. and I'm like coming out of it a little bit, but I realized that it, I had like gradually found myself in a place again where I didn't feel like I could be myself on camera. Not that being yourself all the time is a right or even doable. But I think you have to have enough of like you receiving fulfillment, receiving energy, being able to show up as yourself to some degree, 
you know, it's a job. We have to work jobs and you don't get to be your whole self there, basically. But mm. it was um, what I think when the scales tipped too much on YouTube, I felt like at a certain point I got into this um, period of a couple months where I, I felt like there was a certain kind of energy people wanted from me. And if I wasn't feeling that energy and I have to deliver it anyway, then you're acting. Then I'm acting, which is actually a career I quit already and not showing up as yourself. So I think once I realized that, the reason I'm like tolerating being on camera again, because I was going to burn out again. I was dreading it. I was dreading filming, mm. dreading hours of performance. Um, I just allowed myself to show up and make videos where I wasn't trying to be funny and I wasn't trying to entertain anyone. I was talking about depressing stuff and like sometimes like crying and whatever. You know, there's a line with being too indulgent and actually just like being honest, and that has made it better. Um, but I think it applies to pretty much any job I've had. Like, how much are you wearing a mask? Because um, it's really, that's like the biggest drain to me, energy drain. That's a really good way of putting it. I have noticed and loved it in your videos recently. I think maybe two videos ago, I really liked your choice to talk about kind of a more... um heavy and insightful topic of like making friends when you're an adult mm. and you filmed it while you were running errands like from the car and walking through DuPont in DC and I loved that because it was like you were like I gotta get shit done today like <laughs> come with me but I'm also gonna talk about this big topic and then your most recent video that I think I just watched yesterday of when you talked about um kind of like people wanting you to do holiday decor inspo and that not really being your thing and not really feeling true to you right now so you're like this is my holiday vibe like I'm on the floor doing some crafts and the fire's crackling and mm -hmm. I got black candlesticks and like that's as much as I'm going to give you but it's me I feel like it resonates so much more like it it's felt on the on the audience's side so for what that's worth I and I'm probably biased just because I love you so much but um I, I've really enjoyed that. But I think what you're saying about wearing a mask is very well put. Like, to some degree, that is the thing that's pushed me to burn out in the past, too. Feeling like I can't not even show up as myself. I, I think I tend to be a person that, like, shows up pretty consistently as myself in most places, um, just in terms of, like, how I carry myself and my ability to feel secure in who I am. And I don't know, I, I've that's not really been something that's rattled for me in different jobs. Um, and I've been lucky to have really good coworkers and people I've become friends with too, where I feel like I can be myself here. But it's more like the actual job didn't utilize yeah. my unique capabilities and my unique personality and my unique talents you. and like, me so yeah. like I'm being myself in how I act with other people here but what we're working on is not like using all this stuff I know I have inside yeah. me that was the feeling that I would run into so often and I was thinking about it um and actually talking to my dad about it recently just again like in this moment of gratitude and and reflecting on the podcast and how far I've come and I was like, I used to like call my dad and sometimes it would be when I was home and I would like go downstairs to the couch where he was watching TV, like mid panic attack about my 
life's direction and my career fulfillment. And I would just be like in tears, shaking, feeling like I'm not doing something that's like, that's me. And it it happened like a couple times a year. And my dad was like a big figure of like one of the main people I would go to during that time, during those moments. And I haven't had a moment like that. I've been stressed. I've been tired. I've been spread too thin. I've been anxious. I've been upset. Like doesn't mean it's all been rainbows and butterflies, but I haven't had like the bottom of like, I'm having a panic attack because I'm not doing something that fulfills me in two years. Yeah. And um, that is like the main thing that drove me to quit my job when I did was like realizing this pattern of this is the wall I keep hitting and it is not sustainable. And everything that I've decided to change as a result of that realization has kind of worked for now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely this thing of like, I'm not bringing the things I know I have to offer. Mm-hmm to my job my dad was really sweet about it he was like I'm really proud of you not just because I know you've worked hard and you know spent a lot of time and energy and all that but because I know like the heartache and the anxiety Mm. that has gone into this and I was like it made me feel very seen that he put it in those words um yeah Yeah. I I really feel for anybody who's like in that pattern and like wanting to get out of it I almost feel like it's a a rite of passage not that not to say like don't complain but to say like don't panic if you're in it because I think it's you have to you have to like end up in the wrong spots a few times to figure out what you want to adjust to me it feels like being able to Mm -hmm. pick your lifelong partner with the first person you pick it's like well it happens sometimes but like probably not (laughs) probably you're going to end up in a couple spots beforehand where you're like oh this really doesn't work for me so if you are feeling that um i agree with what you're describing as like yeah to me to me it's not emphasis on just how you show up with your personality because i don't think that's a luxury most people get to have in their jobs even even Mm -hmm. on youtube being me i don't get to show up with all of me there um let alone in like you know day jobs that more practical jobs that people have for me it was what you mentioned about like not being able to use your actual skills that that's part of you what are you interested in what energizes you to some degree what are you good at some where where what can make you feel valuable like to feel like you actually have some value to offer is a big deal and then to me the mask of having of the fucking act of pretending like i cared about the thing i was working on Yeah, there are a lot of other jobs I could have that are not content creation that are not this self indulgent, whatever. Like I said, something with like working with children or whatever. There's a bunch of different jobs where you can like care a little bit more than this terrible thing you're in now. To me, sorry, building websites. I was like, I don't give a fuck. This doesn't fucking matter to me. That was a personal mismatch. But um, I think the mask of acting like I gave a fuck (laughs) about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, and you said this yourself, um, like a few weeks ago when we were creating our merch site and I have no experience with that. I just kind of went with like the template web design that Shopify gives you. And you were like, this is actually exactly the coding work that I used to do front end development. Like, can I take a stab at revamping this a little bit and just doing some little tricks to make it a little cuter? I was like, of course. 
And it was so, well, you did a great job, but then it wasn't even that. It was just that you came back and were like, it's so funny. I used to hate doing this, but doing it for our thing was like so much better. Um, Cause now those are skills that you have, like they're a part of you. Maybe that wasn't part of you before, you know, that you had these coding talents, but you do now at least enough for our purposes. And when it goes to something that's like an extension of yourself, yeah, it makes it feel it's a totally different experience, even though you're doing the same thing, you know, you're doing, you're typing in the same things. What is it going <laughs> towards? It's why people will, it's why when you're spending, you know, working till 2am on your project, your baby, it's so different than working. When I work till 2am on the fucking NBC online store, like for someone else's dollar, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has to be about owning your own business, but like, where is the value is the, you can get a lot of value from just like the way you support your coworkers from the way your skills are valued at a company from there there's a bunch of different ways to do it from the way you're able to provide for your family like having a job just because you know your motivation is to be able to provide for your family or provide for your community is a huge huge and valid like motivator way to find fulfillment um and it it, it can be it can look different for everybody there's not a right way but yeah jobs why do we have to have them money's fake i say it a lot i'm gonna say it again it's true i mean it's it's like not fake because we all need it in this current like realm that we're in. <laughs> but somebody invented it one day and I hate that person. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that person. It's everything's man-made. Yo. Remember when we used to just like give each other goats and stuff? Oh my, I do remember. You gave me that great goat that yeah, one like time. In the 90s where it would just yeah. be like, oh, you got, I don't have enough corn. So you give me a goat and I'd be like, oh, I owe her two goats from last year. And then, right. you know, then I'd give you extra corn or something like that was I liked that system more. I really liked it. I really liked it. I would like to give a shout out to a publication oh. known as People Magazine. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I was in the lobby of my therapist's office the other day and they, you know, they have a bunch of magazines um laid out for you to like stare at but not open while you're thinking about everything that's going <laughs> wrong in your life and there was one it was a people magazine that was laying out on the table and this was the this was the like feature article on the front the title it just said jimmy buffett his wild joyful life and i guess i didn't read it but it, i guess it was a, just a feature about jimmy buffett and how happy he is and i was like wait did he die Oh shit! I don't know. Wait, shit! Google quick. No, I don't know. I Jimmy that's a genuine question. Buffett. I I hope he didn't. Oh, looks like he died. Okay, recently. So, so now, yes. Okay. Okay, we love Jimmy Buffett. Okay, so now that article makes a much more, a lot more sense, and it kind of changes what I was going to say. But I thought they were just putting out an article. Okay, I'm sorry, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. But I thought they were just putting out an article. First of all, still a great article. Just being like. I was like, why isn't there more, like, (laughs) news headlines? Like, front page news. Why isn't the New York Times just, like, every other week putting out a front page that's like, this person's really happy. And (laughs) and then, like, the next week it can be about a tragedy or a crisis or an international issue. And, like, but there's, like, both are happening. Both Mm. things are happening. And I'm not saying... We need to never hear about the negative stuff, like, but both are happening, and I fucking understand why the fear mongering is always going to take over. 
the headlines. But like, I think it could be okay if sometimes fucking Washington Post was just like, we saw Happy Guy and this is what he said <laughs> to us. <laughs> yeah. why, why aren't there more articles like that? I know. So You're right. Just like fucking just like to send things that we like right now. That's a, okay. I guess I just want. You just want BuzzFeed. I, I just want BuzzFeed. <laughs> I just want BuzzFeed. <laughs> just like one, one fucking main feature about someone who's happy. The problem is that even the Jimmy Buffett article, now that we know it's because yeah, he died, it's died. colored in darkness. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but it's not. It's celebration of life. This is why funerals are so silly. You know, why we wait to say all the good things about somebody once they're dead. They're not even there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Shit. It's like weddings and funerals are the two times you get to hear people toast to you. I did not expect that he was dead. I did not you should check out BuzzFeed. Was... You should check no, out No, no, no. I don't like BuzzFeed. I don't like BuzzFeed. I don't like the onion. I don't want this shit. I don't want jokes. I don't want silly jokes and I don't want someone selling me products. I just want a full feature investigative piece of journalism about how one person had a good day. That's what I want. Mm, delightful. I've never I mean, this is like a really, it's an innovative new idea that I've never heard of. I mean, if it could be done well, that's what like plenty of books and movies and shit are about. Just like a beautiful story. Just tell me a beautiful story. Why does it always have to be an ugly story? Just tell me one beautiful story. I'll take the ugly ones. I'm such a sucker for those Instagram accounts that are like, um, just walking up to a person on the street and being like, are you happy? And sometimes they say no, and then it gets emotional but it's kind of like a nice connection moment for humans and a lot of times they say yes because in the grand scheme of things even though things are stressful like yes these people are generally happy and they say a little bit about like how life is good and they're grateful and it's kind of yeah. like oh like the old person said they're happy the old person <laughs> i love those types of things i mean okay. but i i think people magazine to have it in written in a written publication is different because I'm also tired of scrolling. Like you could see that on your Instagram reels feed. And then the next thing is some like miserable thing that returns you right back to square one. You know, like you're scrolling so fast. It's like even if there's a happy thing, it gets lost in the sad things. Yeah. But feature articles. That's that's a lost art. I want it to be about something that's not even news. It does change it that he died, you know? I want it to be yeah. about just, like, there has been sustained, ongoing goodness in this one corner of the earth. Um, just as much ongoing. as there's been, like, you know, a terrible, terrible crisis on this other corner, and we're going to cover both of them. Because I think both mm -hmm. are important. Like, all the things that we know about every corner of the earth, every tragedy that's happening everywhere, like, their brain was not built to know that. It's not built to know that. You can't... Like, yeah, no, we're we're bombarded with information every day. A lot of it being negative and a lot of it is stuff that we shouldn't in a previous life. We wouldn't have even known. We wouldn't no. have even had access to the fact that that was happening. No. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of two during the pandemic. I don't think he does it anymore. But during the pandemic, um, John Krasinski from The Office had this started this like web show yeah called it was like some good news or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and then and he, he immediately would... sold it for a bunch of money so that's Did how he? that that's how that punchline ends yeah wow of course i know money's fake yeah <laughs> some good news john krasinski why is he kind of annoying to me he's kind of annoying to me
Oh, he is to me too. I think he thinks he's real cute. I agree. Anybody who says that Jim is their favorite from The Office is the most boring person I've ever met. Like, Jim Jim's is not cute. your favorite. Jim is cute, but he's cute. But he's John not your Krasinski, favorite. But John Krasinski is not Jim. Well, agree with that. Agree with that. But also, Jim. Yeah, true, cute, true, true. It's not like I think I think it's too much hoopla. Creed. It's Creed. It's too much hoopla. It's Creed. So the best person is Creed. The best person is Creed. Wow. And that's why we're in love. Yeah. Because that's correct. This has been Not For Everyone. You've been listening and that's your fault. You can find us on Instagram at Not For Everyone Pod with the number four. Jessica's Jay-Z DeBakey. I'm on YouTube as Caroline Winkler. Um, we're going to be off next week. And that is sad. But we're going to come back mm-hmm. stronger and more annoying than ever. So that is good. You're right about that. You're absolutely. That's my plan for sure. And I like to I like to complete my plans. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I know how hard it is for your favorite podcast to go away for a week. Nikki Glazer's podcast is taking a break this week and I feel terribly upset. So I do commiserate. However, we're still going to do it. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our merch store. There will be fun things to keep you busy until merch store. we're back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Love y'all. Kisses. <laughs>